Hello and welcome to The Don Father, a family podcast about the Essendon Football Club. I'm your host, Nick, and with me tonight, who's here? It's me, again. It's the big two again tonight, <laughs> Matty. It's a, it's a double team. It's, uh, yeah, it just seems to be us carrying the show at the moment, but uh, if, if last episode was anything to go by, I think we're uh, in for a cracker today. Oh, I'm very excited. Do you know why I'm excited? Oh, tell me. Live footy at Marvel Stadium. Yeah, it's good to be back, isn't it? It's uh, it's weird. To th- it's funny, like when they're in the midst of pandemic, we're like, it's been so long. But now we're here, we're like, oh. Uh, for me, anyway, I'm like, oh, just a year? Like, what's a year? <laughs> so it's, no, I have, you're, I've you're... been counting, counting the days. I, um, I remember when the pandemic started, I was waiting, thinking, oh, you know, that's when I'll know that everything's back to normal, when I'm standing at the footy, screaming ball, and getting nothing from the umpires. Can we, uh, I suppose, because um, we've moved seats now, so we can't really, uh, we can still yell at them, but they, we won't get that sort of uh, knowing that we're actually in the area, being, oh, being level two. You'll know. You'll, You'll know. know. You see it. You feel it in their hearts. Yeah. I wonder how the... It, so we won't be so condensed, will we? It's, it'll still be sort of spread all out the stadium, I, I suppose. Yeah, I think, as far as I understand, we'll be spread out around the whole stadium. And I actually don't know that any Hawthorne supporters got a ticket because it's only at 50% capacity, which I think is like 27,000 at Marvel. So the noise will be still quite decent that's not a bad crowd i mean that's that's a packed house for a north melbourne or melbourne game um but it'll it'll only be about 50 percent. but i think the noise will be loud particularly with the roof closed but i don't know that anyone from hawthorne given where the home team got a ticket yeah well, well yeah potentially right there um i was actually um oh, i can probably talk about this later in the show with the preview but did get the good fortune of bumping into old uh nick pencil cox Oh, the pencil! Where'd you see the pencil? Uh, I was just at uh, footy training. He, he rolled down, yeah. helped the uh, the schoolboys out. But um, yeah, uh, I was speaking to him, and he said, it, "Down in uh, where did we play the community game? Was it Bendigo?" Tesla. No, it was um, Colonia Park. Or was it Colac? Um, no, no, we played one at at, um, at the stadium. Ah, that's whatever, right. Whatever Geelong's is. Yeah, yeah, GMHBA. Sorry, it was yeah. originally meant to be Colac or something, wasn't it? That's where it normally is. Yeah. When when it's a community series, they're normally playing Colac against Geelong. Okay. Uh, but this year it was at, at um, GMHBA. Yeah. Oh, pardon me. He was saying um, even though there was only 17,000 people there or, or whatever it was, maybe even less, it was so loud. Like, And, mm. and it could just be him having to adjust to AFL footy. But it, like, you know, he could be 10 metres away from someone having to scream at his lungs, like top of his lungs and, um, you know, still hard to be heard or, you know, he um, he got a mark. I think he was 10 metres clear of space and couldn't uh, – all he could hear was the crowd. So he sort of panicked and rush kicked it, looked around. and he, I, I remember that exactly. Yeah, he had no one around he, him. He should have sunk it. Yeah, but he, he, just, he just couldn't hear anyone. So he thought he was under pressure and, um, yeah. But that's – I mean, you know, that was uh, 17,000 at an open roof. I wonder how – 27 and a half or 25, whatever it is, uh, will go at uh, at a closed roof stadium. And Eddie has usually pretty loud the best of times. Mm. Uh, so. And I I think the other thing to consider for friend of the show, Nick Pencil-Cox, 
um, is that he's probably never played in front of a crowd before, right? What, even even you know top level of juniors, you're not going to have that big of a crowd. Maybe a thousand people. No, no, oh, exactly. Oh, that's what he said. You know, just had to adjust to the the game. But it's it, like an interesting uh, thing to hear that it was that loud on the ground with only seventeen thousand. Just makes you wonder. Yeah, hundred thousand. Like how they actually do it when there's a hundred thousand or or anything like that. Like especially because when you're in the middle of the ground, right, all the noise is coming towards you. Yeah. Whereas in the crowd, it's going out past you and then it dissipates before it gets to you. But when you're in the middle of the oval, from all directions, you just get this. It, it must be incredible to hear it. I mean, I, um, I've only heard it a couple of times when I'm, you know, on an eSports run and people are cheering my name. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, it must be pretty incredible to be out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've only got to think, uh, you know, like, down the MCG, we're seated, seated towards the Essendon members' end or cheer squad end. And then, like, you know, if we're playing Collingwood or a Carlton, you know, a big crowd, just how loud that opposition roar is. Now, just imagine being, you know, and we're 100 metres away. Imagine just being, it, it, yeah, it would just be a phenomenal experience, wouldn't it? But I think we can yeah. stop, uh, stop the, uh, the boyhood dreaming. And um, have we got a story for this week? We've got some important news to share or i don't know story time with matthew what, what, what have you been up to in the break you've you've become your own level of don father haven't you yeah it was oh true yeah you're right lucky enough to uh, uh sign up to a godfather role so uh that mm. was nice. so i maybe i am the don father now what? maybe you are <laughs> maybe, maybe am, you are yeah. uh i haven't missed one yet uh so so no that was really nice yeah, so no, that's pretty much been. I haven't really uh, got too stuck into the footy. I, I really like to keep a lid on it before it before it starts. Of uh, I mean, maybe it's just being an Essendon supporter, but I've always found you get your expectations too high, you are quickly brought back down to earth. So just keep. Well, a lid on I it. um, I have gone throughout the preseason, and my level of skepticism is high, very, very high. I um. The first game that we watched uh, when we played Carlton, I was very unimpressed with our performance. I didn't think there was passages of play where we looked pretty good, but I didn't think overall that we seemed to have a game plan or that we had fixed any of the issues that we had previously in terms of getting the ball out of defence, transition into the forward line. There were there were long periods of that game where we just could not get the ball out of defence and couldn't chain a game together or a passage of play together. And then there are other passages where we looked really good. But yeah, um, um, Carlton-wise, I was disappointed. Yeah, I think all, all, all things considered, I mean, you know, uh, I don't know if we actually, if, if teams actually enter those games with the outlook or even sort of star players enter those games with the outlook like I'm going to try and string four quarters of, good footy together like I, I don't know if it's for them it's just sort of get through go through the motions and um you know it's probably more the fringe guys that are really trying to stake their claim i.e alec waterman um but i i what i saw in like i thought when we were good we were really good and and, and i really like oh wow like that's that's really good um mm. but you're right when we were bad uh we we're really bad but you just don't know like was that a you know 
sort of you're a little bit less inclined to do some defensive running when it's that sort of game or it's been that long that, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if that was a, uh, I mean, we'll see, won't we? But I don't know if that was the a true representation of, of how uh, a player might approach a game, just given. Mm. And, and the other thing we don't know is who who was on limited minutes, who, yeah. you know, um, I think Dylan Sheila and he played a half, He's, he was recovering from, from a small knock he had over preseason, and that's so. You're not. You're right. We aren't seeing the best twenty-two playing at a hundred percent for the entire time. I agree, and and like you say, there were passages that we looked really good, and then there were other passages where we just looked like the same old bad Essendon of old. Yeah. Um, but some positives come out of that game for me were um, I really liked Waterman. Um, I thought his performance was really good. I really like. Well, I'm going to claim him, right? Let's let's bring this up here. Let's go over to number six. We're just having a look on the website while we go. <laughs> uh, number six, Jai Caldwell, debut 2019. He is 20 years of age. I am claiming it. I could have had a child at 14. He is my love child. <laughs> Similar size to you as well. Henceforth shall be the love child, my love child. Yeah. Gee, he was he looked good, didn't he? Oh boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is uh he's gonna be a superstar. Um He he's so smooth and he never not one of his possessions is rushed and messy. Even when he's getting tackled, he manages to get the ball where he wants it to go. He is he is our BBIM, big body inside mid, except he's got a little body. Yeah. Well, hey, he just needs to get the footy. That's all we want from him. Um, mm. but such a at such a young age, like to be that composed at twenty twenty one, um, I think you don't really come into that till you're about twenty three, twenty four. Uh, like even with McGrath, it's sort of even last year he was a bit rushed with his possession, even though he was winning it a lot. Sort of a bit rushed, and you saw okay, he's probably one year or two off. Whereas he looks like a seasoned vet at times, where he's just so smooth and composed with the footy. Um, yeah, he's really encouraging. Uh, but I think. Just going back to the Carlton game, probably showed, I mean, from what I could see, uh, we played sort of maybe near our best 22 in the first half and then as halftime approached, sort of went back to a more of a uh, reserves or, you know, took our stars off sort of thing. But Mm. um, I think it also showed how important, because we were with them to halftime. Yeah, we sort of had some lapses in play, but um, I think it showed how important Sammy Draper can be for us. Because um, yeah, once they started agreed. dominating the ruck, that that was sort of it for us. Yeah, we probably extracted a few mids, but uh, that's a, I mean another one who, um, in a similar boat to Caldwell, not as young, but hasn't had a lot of AFL experience, but still immediately some uh, a lot of expectation on it. So, I think I think people will underrate the amount of preparation that has gone into Sam Draper's career. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. I, think, I think he will be lauded as a overnight success, um, but he has been working hard for five years. Yeah. He's been on the list for five years. And, um, I mean, admittedly, he missed a year with his knee. He would have debuted the year before and, and be a year ahead of where he was. But um, he he's not an overnight success. He, he will start to play good footy and... It, it's all down to the work that he's done, the learning he's done, you know, teaching from Bell Chambers, all the other ruck coaches that we've had as well. 
I think he's he's a really exciting prospect. He he looks like the kind of player that you could build a team around, if you know what I mean. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think I think we spoke about it last time, but that's Bayern. Uh, and another one here, Harry Jones, who did show a bit as well in that Carlton game. Uh, mm. You know, there, there is a solid spine uh, forming there for you know a few years' time, but. Uh, I think my point with Sammy Draper is a lot of expectation and wait for a guy who's only played, uh, is it less than 10 games? Is it even 10 games yet? So um, I'll tell you right now. Is it? Yeah. He, he has played eight games. Okay, there you go. So, um, But already showed he's a pretty important player for us. So, um, Yeah. I think, I think having that, that big dominant ruckman. He's athletic, like which Bell Chambers as competitive as he was for as long as he was. He he couldn't jump. <laughs> he couldn't. He, he couldn't fly like Sammy Draper can fly. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, Sam Draper is is potentially the this. It's players like him, Caldwell, um, Nick Hind, those sorts of players that are really underrated, and we've gotten under the radar that. Um, will really be the difference between us sort of being a bottom four team and on the knocking on the door of the eight. If they um, perform well, then, you know, then I can see us finishing anywhere between eight and 12. And if we don't get good performances out of those players, then we're, we're definitely bottom four for mine. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're right there. Um, Nick, I mean, Nick Hines, another one. Again, I, I totally agree. I think he's going to fly under the radar. Maybe that's our Essen and naivety, but um, seems to you know, like we said, really playing his role in terms of his yeah, locks down his man, but can also get it going the other way and and be a bit more ex- oh well, not I'm gonna say more excited than Saad, but bring that same level of uh, ex- excitingness, if that's a word, uh, excitability mm. off halfback. Maybe we won't see it as often as you saw from Saad, but um, yeah, look if if. If there was ever to be just someone who fills that role pretty closely, Nick Hines, uh, uh, the wish, yeah, I think I said it, maybe a third, second or third podcast, but uh, he's a wish dot com version of, of Adam Sart. So uh, I'll be very happy, oh, very happy with his performance. In, uh, I think um, I th- it seems to me from from the two games I've watched of him, you know, obviously the two preseason games, to me he seems to have a better footy brain than Sard. Um that's not to say he's, he's a better player. I think Adam Saad's the best small defender in the game. But he doesn't... Sometimes Saad used to run and look like he, he's a chicken with a head cut off. Yeah. Whereas Hindy seems to know where he's running and what he's trying to do. He doesn't seem to just put the pace on and then work it out later. He seems to be in the rhythm of the game and know where he's going and what he's doing. That's just that's just my gut feel and my first impression of him. Yeah, in the, in the two games I've watched of him, and and you know the little I saw of him in the VFL uh, when I was watching the last couple of final series that Essendon did really well in. Yeah, I think it, I mean it also comes back to to system as well. If uh, that Wusher truck combo wasn't working too well, which I don't seems like it wasn't, and uh, you know how we were moving the ball from defence uh, was a little bit blurry, and Adam Sard had to wear that. Well, yeah, it probably was. Hung out to dry, and that it made him look like he rushed it, but um, we'll never, we'll never know as outsiders. But um, yeah, no, I've I've really liked what he's done. He's yeah, deliberate with the ball, uh, 
takes it on when he's got grass to cover. Solid kick of the footy. Uh, seems to be good enough to, to shut down his man. And, uh, yeah, I think he'll be a solid, you know, he might not be a top five player for us all year, but he'll certainly be on the team sheet every week. So, And, and if we yeah. don't have him, we'll miss him for sure. Yeah, absolutely. What I really like about our backline this year is people are saying that it's a new, young, inexperienced backline. But if you look at the names in there, uh, Francis, Redmond, Hind, uh, Ridley, Zerk Thatcher, they have actually played quite a lot of footy together because they were the mainstays of the VFL backline when we were playing those last couple of years when we were playing in VFL prelim finals. Mm. So I understand that they don't have a lot of AFL experience and the only way to get that is to play games. But in terms of being a really solid, competitive cohesive unit they're actually even marty gleason coming back from injury played a lot of games in that back line in the vfl so i think we'll see better out of the back line than we expect this year i'm not sure that's going to be the same to be said for the other half of the ground but certainly in the back line i think it's a really solid unit that a bit like sam draper has been developing for a number of years and actually knows each other's games really well yeah uh and he add heppel into that mix as well Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I think look, there's always going to be a big jump up from VFL to to AFL level, but um, yeah, I th- I think having a backline that knows how each other plays is so important. Um, mm. I think you, you see all the uh, you look at Richmond, Hawthorne, Geelong of, of when they were in their eras of winning flags, and their their back six was pretty much the same six every week. So, um, mm. not to say that they're that good yet, but uh, certainly to have played games together is such a, an important part. So. Yeah, I'll um, I'll be interested to see uh, what they do now with with Hurley out. Uh, you know, will Zerk Thatcher get the call up, or uh, you know, do they continue with a Ridley Francis uh, fullbacks and a halfback combo? Uh, or yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I just um, you were just talking about Heppel just before, and I have to say, I'm I'm a bit concerned. He He's looked a little bit, and he's missed a lot of footy. Mm. Don't get me wrong. And I think when he, we absolutely need him in the team. I think he's absolutely the number one captain, best captain that we have. And I think his performances in the real stuff are really good. But he's looked a little bit slow um, in his decision making in the two preseason games I've watched. And I'm not saying that he should be dropped because he definitely shouldn't and I'm happy to give him, you know, half a season more to actually get back to speed. But I'm a little bit concerned. He's looked like he's lost and and he's never been a quick runner, but he looks like his decision making has slowed down just a little bit. So I'm I'm hoping he gets that back within a quarter and a half, two quarters um at the start of the season. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, yeah, look, I mean we can't really sp- Explore psychology of the preseason too much. Is it just the fact it was preseason and he was uh, just trying to get through it? Uh, I, I don't think that sounds like Dyson, but um, you know, will he flick a switch? You know, when it's on, uh, captain, the captain's armband comes out and he just flicks a switch. Yeah, I, I, I hope so too. Um, it's funny because he was drafted as a half. If I'm not, I know he played his first few years as a halfback flanker. Was he drafted as a halfback flanker? I think he was drafted as a bit of a utility. 
yeah. uh, midfield that can play in defence. And he certainly he won the rising star at halfback, and he, and he knows how to play halfback. He's a really really good halfback. If he recaptures that form, then I'll be more than happy with his performances for sure. But um, yeah, he's just looked a little bit off the pace for mine, and I, and I hope that doesn't last very long. Yeah, I don't look. I don't think it will. Uh, I don't know. This, you know, not being able to run or, or move and do stuff for a while does uh, does impact you in it in such a heavy running sport. So, um, mm. I think he'll be right. He's seen a couple of games. He'll be he'll be good. And yeah. I, you know, there, there is so we're a better side with him on the on the field, regardless of if he's turning the ball over or not. There's probably so much else he brings to to game 100%. day that. And even just being out in the field that we need, uh, especially if you know with such an inexperienced backline that I think, yeah, he even if he's not you know doing his normal twenty thirty a uh, few tackles, which he, he probably won't get that high being half back, but um, you know if it means that Nick Hind can can release or Ridley can just play a bit better because he walks a bit taller with Hipple beside him, so be it. Um, you're not going to not play mm. him. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. On the flip side, do you know who's looked? Half a second quicker and more composed. Tipper, Zach Merritt. Well, he always looks composed. No, yeah. the man, the myth, the legend, Andrew Francis or Aaron Phillips, whichever <laughs> one you want. Um, but he has looked so good in that back line over the preseason. Yeah. He just looks settled. He looks composed. He <clears throat> his decision making's good. He hits really good kick. I've I'm expecting a big year from Francis. I really have liked his body of work over the, the preseason. He just looks like he belongs, if you know what I mean. And he hasn't – he's had patches of really good moments, but he just looks like he belongs in that team now, and I'm, I'm excited for what that's going to bring. Yeah, I think um, I think it's pretty well documented. He's a, he's a confidence sort of player. Um, and mm. I, I, you know, again, said it a few weeks, oh, many podcasts ago, but um, it's so powerful for a young player like him who's 24, 25 to actually be said, no, you're not the young guy anymore. You're the man we need to step up and play fullback or center halfback or whatever. Like you're going to be on mm. their, their man, you know what I mean? Um, and so yeah. it's not Hurley anymore. It's not hooking. You know, it's you. It's you now. Yeah. And I think there's... Giving someone that sort of responsibility is so empowering for them. Um, and I think he was waiting for that. Well, that, he was waiting for it to say, no, you're not going to be a third tall. You're going to be the man um, mm. or, you know, one of two with Ridley. Um, but also uh, the fact that, hey, he is 24, 25 now. And, you know, he's 23. He's 23, is he? Oh, it must yep. be turning 24 this year. Um, Might be, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 97. What does that uh, make him? 24, yeah. Um, yeah. So he'll, uh, you know, it's sort of time for him to say, hey, I'm, I'm, I am an AFL player. I'm not going to be a top 10 draft pick that goes and busts and I'm running around uh, in a in a sample side or a local Adelaide side. I'm, I'm here to play AFL footy. Has he reached 50 games yet? No, he's 30... 35 games. Yeah, okay. So he's been on the list for six years. Well, this is six year. Hasn't hit 50 games. I think he was, he's probably in the back of his mind thinking, hey, I've got, you know, there's no time for me to just wait anymore. I've just got to play. I've just got to do it. Plus being given that role of empowerment. Uh, I think that's going to mm. be, yeah, I, I, I tend to, I think that you can just see a shift in, in, in his confidence, which is so important. 
Um, yeah, I think I'm I'm really excited for him. Me too, because he's um, such a gun. He's it. I mean, hmm. you know, thought, think about what we saw uh, three years ago from him when he was. Uh, I think came off a bit of injury and stuff, but hmm. the boy can play. Um, yeah. Just a matter of uh, you know him having the confidence in himself and and doing what he does best. So. Um, so you know what's confused me this preseason? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Nah. We lost Danaher, yeah. our number one forward. Stringer's been injured, so that's our number two forward. Right? So our best forwards last year on performance, key forwards, were James Stewart and Jaden Laverde. They were the ones who looked good. They competed. They took grabs. Stewart kicked goals. Laverde you know, needed to work on his kicking. But it wouldn't be an Essendon team without a key forward that couldn't kick <laughs> kick a goal, right? Um, but Ben Rutten, in his wisdom, has then taken those forwards and turned them into defenders, leaving our forward line empty. Makes no sense to me. You don't like it? I don't like it. I like it. Uh, I'm not sure. Jay, Jane Laverde, I'm not. Oh, I'm 50-50 on Laverde. I really like Stuart. I don't think he's got the... Uh... Make up to be a like A grade forward. Like I just don't think he's in that category of player. I hope he proves me wrong. I hope we, you know, maybe we throw him forward and he proves me wrong. I'll be happy for that. But I think he can actually be a really good defender. Like he's got the physical makeup to be a really good forward. I just, he's just not that good. Maybe it's his footy IQ or um, just yeah. He, you know, he's not in the same echelon as Danaher or Cameron or Tom Tom Hawkins or Tom Lynch or something like that. But I think mm-hmm. he could match up on those guys. He could probably stick with it. He's a big boy. Just, He's 199 centimeters. Yeah. He's really big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, th- I should think that I think this will suit him. Um, now, unfortunately, he's gone down with injury. Um, but I think this will suit him. Laverde, I'm interested. I wonder if he'll be the one that sort of plays on that. You know, like if someone like Nat Fife was to spend a bit more time forward. Is his is that sort of our answer to him? You know, sort of a similar athletic, um, you know, that 190, 90 kilo sort of player who uh, explosive, you know, quick player. Uh, is like is that our answer to it? That he okay, maybe he's not there yet in terms of being, you know, maybe won't be a Nat Five or a, um, you know, a Martin or. To go, I don't even know if they're all, you know, but that danger for that type of player, okay, maybe he won't be that good, but similar to Stewart, is he good enough to actually play on them and stop them when they roll forward? Yeah, that's that's a good point. That That is possible. Um, and the other possibility is, because I think he's got the attributes to, yeah. to be good in that role, because um, he is, what is he, 191, 90 kilos, he's quick, he's explosive. Athletic, so I think, yeah. Yeah, it's possible. The other thing is it's possible is that Ben Rutten might be playing a bit of chess and maybe two or three turns ahead. And maybe he's thinking that, okay, we'll give Laverde a year to develop in the defense. And then either late this year or next year, we can throw him forward, throw him for the midfield. And he's learned a little bit more, similar to how we had Ridley playing on the wing in the VFL two years ago. Um, okay. Maybe it's just part of his football education because he's only. How old is he? And he's 25. 24. So it'd be 25 this year. So, you know, setting him up for the second half of his career to then be a real weapon in all parts of the ground, a bit like Adam McPhee used to be. Yeah. Oh, potentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I guess because 
Well, I mean, that would make sense, you know, if he's going to spend time on Fife or Martin or uh, if Dugowie has a day out against us when he, you know, I don't, he's not that consistent, but can certainly turn it on or a danger field. You'd probably learn a lot playing on guys who would, or you, your, you know, you would sort of model, or you would be hoping to model. So, um, mm. I yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. But I, I like the move. I, I think it, it just at times felt a bit forced with him forward. Um, mm. Whereas I think yeah, maybe sometimes just changing thing up, throwing him back, and saying, well, okay, uh, this might actually really suit you. Uh, doesn't hurt us at all. Particularly with his yeah, attributes I, and what you said, what it could possibly pay dividends in the future for. Yeah, I think I think for him in particular, his unique case is that he's just hasn't had a fair run at it because of injury, right? Yeah, well, he's, yeah. It was drafted at the same time as Langford, and Langford's been able to play consistently that whole time, AFL or VFL, but Laverde just hasn't. And I, I don't think it's a lack of talent that stopped him. It's just a lack not. of opportunity from from being injured. When he needed to be playing, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a twenty. He's going to be twenty-five, but probably got the uh, you know playing sort of experience of a twenty-two, twenty-three. Given how much he's missed, so yeah, um, he's, he hasn't yet played fifty games. Okay, so yeah, yeah, it's and I I don't think that's through any fault of his own. He's been getting going and got an injury, getting going, got an injury, even last year. Yeah, getting going, got an injury. Yeah, and you could probably throw yeah. Stewart into the same boat as well. Missed a fair bit of footy through injury, so um, yeah. yeah. For Jar- yeah, I, I don't think it hurts him because I mean it's a win-win, you know. Uh, if if he turns out, it, it could be that he turns out an okay. Def- well, you know, if he's not an okay defender, at least if he's played on those five Martin types, he would have learned something and can pay dividends on the other end for us. Um, but mm. if he turns out an all right defender, well, we might have figured out a way to stop those sort of players tearing us to pieces, which they typically do. So, uh, mm. yeah, I think the the risk far uh, the reward would far outweigh the risk. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so we're we're getting up close to a break now, but why don't we just quickly have a chat about sort of the Geelong game and and what we thought of that post post watching that? Did you see the whole game? I uh, caught, caught a fair bit of it, yeah. Um, I was pretty encouraged. Um, now, again, I don't know if Geelong threw everything at it um, just by the fact that they've got a whole lot of veterans and typically veterans know you don't win anything in, uh, was it the last week of February we played or mm. early March? They, they're they probably well across that. So, But to kick uh, 27 scoring shots, uh, you know, kick a bit straighter, we'd probably win that. Um, pretty encouraging, but it would be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Very typical of an Essendon side to uh, blow their load early in the year, get everyone excited, and then absolutely fade away as September approaches. So I'm not reading too much absolutely. into it, but uh, very, look, very encouraging. I think the way, the style we played, I really liked. Um, mm. But again, you got to, yeah, uh, we've all been there before with... Uh, getting overexcited this time of year. Well, what I really liked, um, apart from the fact that now I'm going to put 100 bucks on us to win the flag, <laughs> is um, is that it was the forward half pressure, the tackling was back. You know, when, when we were playing really well, not necessarily la- even last year though, but the year before, when, when we were playing really well, it was on manic pressure mm. and we saw that 
uh, a couple of weeks ago against Geelong, and the forward handball looked really good. We had quite a few chains of play where we just took the ball the length of the ground with this exciting running play. Yeah, I am, uh, I want to say, sceptical of it. I don't know how reliable that style of play is for a four full quarters of footy. Um, mm. Look, if it, if, if it works, it works. I, I just don't, like, you know, you fuck one handball. Uh, part of my French, I don't know if we're uh, learning profanities on the show, but, uh, you know, the whole thing falls to peace and you get a turnover and you can go the other way and, you know, you can probably lose a game from four or five handballs and that result in four or five goals. So um, we, we need to build more reliability in terms of, you know, if we can't do that, what do we do? But certainly if we can get it going more often than not and execute it, it's exciting, yeah, for sure. Well, I think I think what happened with that is we got it into the forward line and then we would set up this wall outside of 50 and there was a couple of times when it would come out, go back in, come out, go back in. And the fact that it went back in, it was getting delivered by people like Francis and Ridley and they were actually hitting targets. And so that secondary entry, even though the, the forward line was full, was, was hitting someone who was then having a shot. Um, so I, I think you're right that you don't want to always be relying on that, but you want to be able to go to that when it's on. And the thing that helps is that if you do drop the handball, because of the manic pressure, you've been running in waves, there's four or five players ready to pressure the person who's about to get it. Yeah, yeah. So I guess um, for truck, it's sort of uh, get it in there quick and then keep it in there, uh, which seems to be the way of the, the modern game. But um mm. Yeah, well, yeah, it just comes into how well we want to want to execute. Oh, not want to, but do execute. So, uh, but yeah. I, yeah, I thought encouraging signs from Geelong, but wouldn't read too much into it for now. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Certainly liking the prospect of Braden Hamp. Um, mm, he looked good, didn't he? Yeah, I, I'm quite. Uh, actually, another uh, inside word from. Uh, the big pencil is Braden Ham, very, yep. very strong boy, very, very strong, but doesn't oh. might not look, uh, you know, as the, the strongest, of, but quite strong. So, mm. um, well, let, let's be honest, friend of the show, Nicholas Pencil Cox, <laughs> um, it doesn't look to be the strongest bloke yet going around. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Well, maybe just comparatively as to how much he gets pushed around, it's just pushed around more by Braden Ham. So, but yeah, either way, yeah. I, I really like. If he can build an inside sort of presence, um, his running capacity and uh, outside silky left boot, uh, that could be a pretty solid combo for us. Um, yeah, I like him. Yeah. I like him a lot. And I think we we saw a glimpse of, of it in his debut year, what, two years ago? He progressed nicely last year. And I think his, his trajectory is definitely up. I think he's going to be a very, very handy little player for us. Yeah, I tend to agree. I definitely tend mm. to agree. Yeah. Do you know um, who's not going to be a handy little player? You stumped me again. Two meter Peter. Oh, you're not a fan. I not like him on July. Against Geelong, he started to show a little bit. Yeah. I mean, and this is not to disparage his character at all, but um, I'm sure he's a lovely guy. But he, he was better against Geelong. I have to give you that. Um, but every podcast needs a whipping boy, and he's out. Because. Tom Cutler's not getting a game, so we can't make him the whipping boy. And I have automatically put two meter Peter in the same category. I I, I won't take it. I, I if he can show up every week and give that sort of effort, I'm very happy with him. Mm, I, 
He needs to get harder for me. Yeah, okay. He took some good marks. Yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced. Okay. Well, I hope he proves you wrong because I'm, I'm on mm. him. I'm on him. He's, he's your love child. Oh, I wouldn't say love child, but uh, happy to welcome him, Dan. I think he's got a bit of a, a point to prove. So, um, uh, so just just uh, hold the press on Peter Wright. All right, let's see, let's see. Do you know what the other thing is? I'm still sad that every time I see Peter Wright, I'm like, you could be Joe Danaher. <laughs> yeah, oh, you're not Joe Danaher, yeah. That's right, yeah. like you're not Joe Danaher. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's hard to watch him going so well. Well, from all reports, going so well for Brisbane. So, mm. uh... We knew, we knew that, and this is 100% the fault of the club, we knew that as soon as he got out of the Essendon environment and got good medical and fitness staff, he would be flying, and he absolutely is. Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, hopefully, uh, uh, for every team except uh, when he plays Essendon, he can he can turn it on. But and a, bit of, a bit of that's the media too, right? Nothing nothing sells a newspaper like a revenge story, a bad Essendon story, yeah, and then a good story about he was bad there, look how good he is now. Yeah, and, and yeah, that's, yeah. like a revenge you know, sort of, yeah. Yeah, and that, it's not Essendon alone. You'll see that with Trelaw as well. Um, you know, lots of players like that. Yeah, 100%. Oh, Trelaw sells pretty well, doesn't he? Yeah. 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 So, um, so we've been talking a little while. Why don't we take a little bit of a break and then we go into our review of round one. Oh, sorry, not review, buddy. Preview. All right, before the break, we were just having a chat about uh, the pre-season in general, but uh, I think it's time to look forward for the first time this year. What does this Saturday look like? 7.20pm, Marvel Stadium, Essendon versus Hawthorne. Yeah, well, it's int- I mean, you'd think uh, we've had a pretty bad pre-season, but in comparison to Hawthorne, and to, sorry, in terms of off-season uh, drama, you know, we had a fair few leave, uh, but I've been pretty encouraged by the way we responded, and I'm, I'm, I'm on track. I think he's going to take us in the right direction. Um, but anyway, I think there wouldn't be many worse teams than Hawthorne in terms of a pre-season implosion. Um, I think, they, it's been atrocious, hasn't it? Oh, yeah, you couldn't. Um, <laughs> You couldn't write about. I mean, you, what's the saying? You couldn't dream about that. You couldn't. You couldn't read about you it. You couldn't read about it. So, um, I don't know. I actually don't know much of the list past Big Boy McAvoy, Warple, Tom Mitchell, and Chad Wingard. To be honest with you, so um, I, this is definitely one of those games that are winnable. Um, it's about it, our only winnable game for the first six. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Um, we'd want to. We'd want to get this one. We'd want to get this one. I think. Uh, what does it look like? Because if. We... Sorry, you go. I was going to say, looking at our fixture going forward, we have something like the entire top four from last year before round five, and then apart from Hawthorne, 
and then I think we play Sydney, and then we've got Anzac Day, which is, you know, toss a coin. Yeah, I think we could definitely uh, push Sydney up there. Is it up there or? Uh, the Sydney one is up there. It's always up there. Always in the SCG. Ever, I don't think we ever play them in Melbourne, ever. No, we don't. Um, so what, what have we got? Hawks, Port Adelaide, St Kilda, Sydney, Lions up there. So we've got Sydney up there, Lions up there, Collingwood at the G. Yeah, it's pretty stiff with uh, Port and Lions, but... Um, hey, Collingwood, the Anzac Day game is our away game again. It was our away game last year. Uh, must have changed with... Uh, normally, we get the odd year, but obviously, it's um, been uh, just continued. Like, we got 2019, so they'll get 2021. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah. Oh, well. um, yeah, so it, it's... It's a tough start to the year because after Collingwood, we've got Carlton and they're looking good and then the Giants. So really, how many of those would we go in favourites? Probably Saturday, maybe. Uh, Definitely not Port, definitely not St Kilda, definitely not the Swans, definitely not the Lions, probably not Collingwood, you know, at this stage and probably not Carlton. At this stage, here's the thing about being an Essendon fan, right? You go into mm. a game more comfortable not being the favourite than you do being the favourite. Absolutely. I, 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 it's like, I, look, some games you're like, geez, I don't want to watch. But it, I mean, it's for as long as I've been to the footy, and it's nearly 20 years now. Um, we tend to pull out our most exciting games when we are no chance. Um, mm. And, you know, like I still remember, look, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we're always, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not reflecting, but uh, when you're looking back in the past and nostalgia, you know. But I think it was like 2011, yeah, 2009, yeah. and we came in like we we're going to get flogged by Geelong. And, you know, we beat them. Or against St. Kilda, you know, well, we're going to get flogged today. And we <laughs> we beat them, <laughs> you know. So, we beat them. Yeah, it, it's funny. We go, like, I, you probably go into those sort of games a little bit easier now that we're sort of back in that position as well. Um, yeah, yeah, you're not, uh, yeah. <sighs> it's, it's the thing, yeah, it's the thing with Essendon, isn't it? Like, you, you, you just don't know what you're going to get. You just don't know which what you're going to get. That's right. Um, and we, yeah. So, so let's talk. Let's talk specifics, right? Because we don't have, um, we don't have the lineups. It's it's too early for that. Um, but I probably anticipate that we'll see Alec Waterman in the forward line um, for the Bombers. I think we'll probably see a very similar team to the team that played against Geelong. Um, barring Stewart going out, I think we'd probably bring in Waterman um, into the forward line because we're missing that sort of pure full forward, that leading forward. And I think it, it's really a toss-up who comes in for, for Stuart, whether we go with Zerk um, or with Zach Reed, which would surprise me immensely if we brought in Zach Reed, to be honest, because he hasn't played one minute of football this preseason. So I'd, neither is Zerk Thatcher, but at least he's played some AFL games. So what do you, what do you think? Who do you think comes in for James Stewart? For mine, it's, yeah, it's Zerk, I think. Uh, what's the point of throwing? Oh, you think what's the point of throwing Zach in there? But um, with the situation we're in, why not? Oh, mm. now I think I think 
Zerk will probably be the one. Uh, just trying to think. But you know, I, look, I, as I said before, I actually don't know who plays the Hawthorne anymore. <laughs> like that's how depleted their side is. So um, wouldn't they're really they, they're struggling at the moment. Yeah. Um, like it wouldn't even surprise they've me. They've got if, quite a number of injuries. Yeah, exactly right. So I wouldn't even surprise me if maybe Laverto played a little bit taller on on Gunston or something, and um, we just went with Ridley and Francis, given uh, Johnny Boy isn't isn't going to be playing. Um, well, Johnny Patton's out. Oh, yeah. um, so is he, Sicily. He 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 got. So is so is. Did he get the contract ripped up? I don't know. Who's that? Uh, Patton. Johnny. No, not not as far as I've heard. Okay. Um, obviously, Scully's retired. Yeah. Um, so Patton's out. Um, Mitchell Lewis is out. Sicily's still coming back from injury. So their their tools are struggling. Really, they've only got um, Gunston as a key forward, and then a couple of obviously Luke Bruce is is a really good sort of medium sized forward for them. Yeah. But they haven't got a lot when it comes to key forwards. Yeah. I think they were talking about um, maybe blooding a couple. So it might be a good opportunity for Zachary to get a, get some game time. Um, might be. Who knows? Yeah, or, or we just play with that smaller back line, sort of Ridley Francis um, and Laverde plays a little bit taller. Uh, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, because, I mean, if, if they're going to go like for like, I think Zerk Thatcher goes, um, comes in, sorry, or... Uh, yeah, Waterman might be the one to come in. Although, did he play Geelong? Can't remember that far back now. Um, he played for a quarter, but he didn't get a touch. Gotcha. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe he maybe he goes forward well, and, and if I will go back. Or, because... Sorry, I was going to say, if you play the small back line, you just bring in an extra mid um, and you've got another rotation there. I don't know. Well, that's possible as well. We know well. We know that Hooker's going forward. the The club said as much um, over the last week or so that Hooker's not going back in defence. Um, he's too important to our forward structure at the moment with Hurley out. Um, yeah. So that's a, I think that's what I'm interested. I'm like you. I expect Zerk. Yeah, I think Zerk probably the most sense, but I'm also sceptical as to why. You know, if if Hooker's going to be so important to our forward structure. Like what makes him, and he's he's been proven over the years that he, he can play forward. Why then do we throw him back and put Hurley forward? Like why why doesn't Hooker stay there? I, I don't quite understand. I think I think people are forgetting how good Hurley was as a forward, and I think there's two reasons. I think we're probably trying to preserve Hurley's body a little bit. Okay. Um, and I think Hooker with a young backline around him is a much better overhead intercept mark. So when let's assume Hurley plays this year, um, I think Hooker, even though he doesn't have pace, is a great reader of the ball and he can get into the right positions to take an intercept mark and then hands it off to a good distributor of the football. But Hurley doesn't seem, because of the shoulder operations he's had, to me, he doesn't seem to have that overhead marking capacity anymore. Um, and what he brings in the forward line is just this competitive. He just hates to lose, comp, uh, you know, one on ones, and he may not mark it every time, but he'll bring it to ground every time, and he'll crash packs, and he'll protect um, Indiana Jones and 
two meter Peter because two meter Peter definitely needs protection. Um, but he'll, you, if you know what I mean, he's got that kind of, he's happy to crash a pack, but he doesn't have that um, ability to, to mark overhead like Hooker does. Yeah. Or even um, if this is sort of a, a reverse thinking on Jaden Laverde, how uh, I look, I don't know if this is the, like, this is just purely us speculating. Laverde is playing back to, in fact, play on that. 190 centimetre, 90 kilo uh, forward. Um, but potentially uh, Hurley going forward is him playing on an opposition's best defender. So uh, perhaps, mm-hmm. you know, he plays on Darcy Moore and tries to nullify him. Um, or perhaps he plays on uh, whoever, Nick Haynes. Like a Harris Andrews. Yeah, or, Harris Andrews, you know, Nick Haynes. Yeah, the best intercept marker. Yeah, just maybe he plays on, on as opposed to, you know, that inset market going to Harrison Jones and pushing him around or going to Peter Wright and having a, yeah, a field down, you know, because they don't have to play an A-grade forward. Like they might have, you know, last year, if they had to play on Joey Danaher, it was probably a harder matchup for him rather than if they go to uh, Jones or Wright, you know, they can uh, have to go to Hurley and, you know, even if he doesn't win it, well, he's just going to make sure they don't. So that potentially mm. might be the case. It'd be interesting, it'd be interesting to see, yeah. I, it's a... <laughs> We really don't know what to expect, do we, come Saturday? Like, I think we know what to expect from the midfield. I think yeah. we're going to see um, Parrish, Caldwell, the love child, uh, Zach Merritt, Shield. I, I think our midfield's really solid this year. Um, I, you know, it's not it's not an A-grade midfield yet, but it's certainly the best midfield we've had for a long time, like since Jason Johnson era. Yeah, in terms um, of depth at least, I think, yeah. Mm. Because even when we had Joe running around, as great as he was, there wasn't a lot of depth nah. around him. He he was the midfield, really. Yeah. Um. And it, and it wasn't as balanced. It didn't have that mix of explosive pace, good skills, and ball extraction. It wasn't balanced like it is now. Like you, you look at Caldwell. He's an extractor with good skills. Zach Merritt, extractor with with good skills. You look at Parrish, extractor with good skills. McGrath. He's got speed, good skills, can extract it. Shield, speed, can extract it. Skills are a bit of a, you know, they're, they're touch and go. Sometimes good, sometimes not. Langford is that bigger Job type. But again, good skills. It's a really, really balanced mix. And I'm I'm really excited to see how that midfield performs this year. And then you've got players like Ham on the outside that have pace. And by all reports, he's playing a little bit of inside as well. Um the potential for someone like a Devin Smith to play a little bit more outside. Um, you know, Archie Perkins will get his chance. Apparently he's he's quite explosive. I mean, he's not at the level of a really silky Andrew Gaff, but I think I don't think we've got an A team and a B team in terms of our midfield three. It's very even across the board and I'm really excited by it. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Yeah, I really agree with that. Um yeah, and I think yeah, it'd be interesting to see what we see from uh, the Cox man. Um, mm. if, yeah, yeah. If we can... friend of the show, Nicholas Pencil Cox, <laughs> he will never be listening to this, but get out of him anyway. Um, yeah, look, I mean, uh, be interesting to see if we can get on the like if he can also because he's so tall and uh, not sure if they'll use him as sort of like a real spreading option in terms of that uh, like wider kick, you know, for, you know, just, just to bear that wide option for us because he's so tall. So, you know, a good, a good, 
uh, marking target to have in the wing, but so mobile as well. He can cover a lot of ground and a, and a good kick. So, um, and we've not had that for a while where there's a really like a, a really solid option we can go to on the wing. Um, well, mm. be I think well. I think the plan was for Tom Cutler to be that player, but he's just not, and he will never be, and he probably won't be in an Essendon jumper next year. Yeah. Um, I, look, I hope you're wrong because I think he's uh, he just he's got the physical makeup, but it, it can just be he'll try and do one or two more things than he has to, and it just yeah can can really probably to his. Uh, can be to his uh, what's the what's the word I'm looking for to his to his negative to his Maddie. You know what I'm saying, Maddie. I know what you're saying, but this one old chestnut sums that player up better than any other. Looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. <laughs> I hope you're wrong. I really hope you're wrong. I really hope he turns it around. But yeah, it, he has. It wasn't his best first year, that's for sure. Yeah. Look, and you know. I'm an Essendon supporter, right? So if we if Tom Cutler turns into Nat Five, I'm going to be wrapped for him. But he's we've got to have a whipping boy, and we've got two on this podcast. <laughs> one is Tom Cutler, the other is Peter Wright. You've got two. I've got faith at least for for one for one round anyway. For one for the first round. The first round, yeah, yeah. I like it. So I think I think actually we've got a really good. I think we've got it over them in terms of the midfield because who I don't I think Wingard's out as well. Um, Is he? I was reading during the week. Yeah, yeah. So if you look at their midfield, who have they got? They've got Mitchell, Amira, and Warpool, um, who they can't do it all themselves. I think Amira, and you know, saying this will probably have a blinder. And get <laughs> vote and yeah, Warpool. Right? Yeah, Warpool tears apart. I, I think Warpool's a really solid player. Um, I think Mitchell accumulates the ball, but I don't know that he's always damaging. Um, and Amira hasn't hit the heights that I really thought he would when moving over to Hawthorne. Um, so I'm not, I'm not as scared of that midfield as I would have been three or four years ago, if you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, it's fine. We'll say this, but uh, Tommy Mitchell will have forty on us, but. Um... Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if, if we can actually battle out a, a decent midfield there, because uh, that's obviously yeah. been our uh, last year just what crippled us that star players just absolutely lit us up. So um, and also we just didn't have the cattle on the park. We were just so smashed with injury. We never got any consistency through our team. So and yeah, and you're right, star players just destroyed us. Who else runs through their midfield? What have they got? They've got um, Liam Shields runs through the midfield. Scully's retired. Yeah, there's a couple there, but I don't think there's anyone. I, I think our midfield is more even and our mix is better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, well, it would be an interesting battle. Yeah. Well, and I think Sammy Draper's got the opportunity to really test himself against some Ruckman that are, have had great careers but are coming on to the other side. So if you look at Jonathan Segler, and I think Ben McAvoy's playing in, in the ruck again for them this year, um, I think that potentially goes in our favour as well because although they've been really good players, and I, did Jonathan Segler win a premiership with them? I'm not sure. I wonder if he played. Yeah, I, I feel like he came in after, but 
memory probably escapes yeah. me. Yeah, it'll be, yeah, it'll be, uh, and uh, you know, obviously with the interchange rule as well, um, mm-hmm. will we actually be able to use that depth as much as we would have in in previous years? Don't know. Yeah. Um, but having said that as well, with the man on the mark rule, um, it may be more beneficial to have a deeper midfield because there probably will be less stoppages. Um, or mm-hmm. well, actually, it, that remains to be seen because uh, it's either teams will try and play man on man and and prevent the uh, you know that switch kick or the the forty five kick, or they'll just flood back and say, "Cool, you can have that one, but try and hit a target." You won't be able to. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. Um, and I, I don't doubt Clarko may decide to play that way, um, mm. which would be frustrating. So, so where do you think we win this game? What wins this game for us? It's, look, it's going to be if for us to win any game this year. It's going to be a, it's you know, it's going to have to be a twenty-two effort. I don't, I don't think I can't see us having a, you know, there's going to be a star of the show. It's going to be a real sort of just team system uh, sort of win. How do we win? I think just doing the same things that, that sort of uh, got us close against Geelong in the in the preseason was uh, good transition from attack to defence. You know, great spread from the stoppage, um, and then you know, repeat entries, especially if they're gonna you know if they're gonna flood back whenever we we win the footy. Um, just being a, and and then being able to hit inside fifties rather than have to uh, you know just play what we did the last few years and, and bang it in there. Um, but we actually try and uh, hit targets inside forward fifty, which we're we're forced to because we don't have uh, as much mar- marking power as we did. So, um, I mm. think that's what what wins us the game. It's going to be looked. It's not going to be one person who flicks it on. It's not going to be Zach Merritt or Dylan Sheila get us over the line, but rather a twenty-two uh, that do it all together. Uh, but then you know, yeah, as I said, transition spread and then. Uh, Efficient inside forward fifty entries and plenty of them. Yeah, I think I think we win this game with um, speed of ball movement. I think yeah, that's probably. I what think I'm Hawthorne. <laughs> yeah, I think Hawthorne are a bit of a plotting team. Um, I think I think if we can get our handball game going and we can move it quickly, then I think we beat them. Um, I don't think they have a star defender that not having you know. That Joe Danaher is going to hurt us. Um, I think, unlike someone like a Darcy Moore or a uh, Harris Andrews or whatever, like a real Nick Haynes, they don't have that kind of player um, unless they throw Gunston back. But even then, I, I think we've got the advantage there. Um, so I think it's, it's speed of ball movement, and I think I think where we lose this game is inefficiency going forward. Yeah. If, if, if we're not efficient, if we if we kick like we did against Geelong, um, and we bomb it into the forward line like we have all last year, I think they will definitely be able to hurt us. Yeah, I, I think well, you know it. Maybe two other things I'd add to that is is if we don't uh, bring sort of manic that manic at least forward pressure, because um, mm-hmm. uh, that's you know if if they they are going to flood back, that's one way we can get goals. If is in turnovers in our front half um, from them trying to play more of a possession style while they get forward. 
um, or do they transition quickly? We, we cause a turnover that way. Um, but also, yeah, it's just been nullifying their – I think they've got more stardom in the midfield. We've got more depth. Um, so being able to nullify their stardom, don't let their ball winners uh, run us ragged. So anyway, it's great to have depth, but if uh, three blokes have got 30 each, doesn't, that doesn't matter too much. Uh, so, yeah. But the thing you're forgetting is we have the love child, Jai Caldwell. Yeah. Tom who? Jager who? James who? It's all about the Caldwell. All's well with Caldwell. All's well with Caldwell. Well, you hope he plays Caldwell. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been rambling on for about an hour here, Matty. So just just to finish up, tell me the one thing you're looking forward to the most this Saturday night. One thing. I, I, I'd actually I'd go with your man uh, called oh, either a Sammy Draper uh, just saying, hey, I'm here and, you know, Winning the ball around ground and taking marks, or uh, like a Jai Caldwell, because I think Tommy Mitchell might be a similar type player to him. I'd love to see him go. Hey, there's a new sheriff in town, and 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 outdo him. I like it. I like yeah. it a lot. How about yourself? I reckon there might just be a little tear in the eye when that Essendon song plays. Yeah. And they bust through the banner, and you can smell the grass, and you can hear the crowd, and you. Oh man, I, I have missed live football. Yeah, so much. Uh, I think. And, it, sorry, you go. And there's just something about it. There's just that, that atmosphere, the vibe, that feeling just before the first bounce. That it's like you can't beat it. Yeah, I think I'll realise how much I've missed it when I'm there. Uh, and then, you know, yeah, you walk through, you can smell the hot pies. Uh, you know, you got to go up and get your little ticket checked and sit down. And uh, You're in your Essendon gear? Yeah, well, we'll be in different seats, so. Um, it's going to be new. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be different. Uh, so, yeah, no, look, yeah, uh, maybe song or even, even the siren, like the, it's such an iconic oh, yeah. sound. There's nothing else in world sport. Um so, no, very much looking forward to it. I, yeah. The only thing that's annoyed me, I mean, this is a different story, but just a, a last one. What I miss about live footy is before they tried to Americanize it, like before they started mm. to have the tracks before the game and the, you know, keep it like footy, keep it how it was. Yeah. Um, but I think that's fallen on deaf ears there. So, mm. yeah. yeah, no, looking forward well, to it. Yeah, I'm so excited. So excited. So this Essendon has one game grace where I don't even care about the result. I just want to be there. And then from here on in, it's all about performance. Yeah, 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 so, um, yeah. So like I said, even if uh, – I think, look, this, this, this one's a game we want to win. But against like mm. a Port or a, a JWS, I'm not so fussed on the result as I am as to how we lose. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I mean that's such a uh, <laughs> losing mindset, but um, that's that's how I judge our year is how we go about things, not so much the the end result. Um, mm. 
But it's a day. Look, look, yeah, it's a very slippery slope because at what point do you then go? What's well, about results now? So, I would like mm. to enter into every game with a mindset of we can win. But yeah, uh, hopefully, yeah. I mean, I just need the players to be doing. It doesn't matter what us as fans do. Mm. So this is going to be our format going forward for the the remainder of the year. We're going to come back in. We'll review the game before, obviously, with a single game to review, and then close to the next game. Um, we'll go into the preview. So stick with us over the next 23 weeks as we have a chat about our beloved Mighty Bombers. And, you know, if you're ever at Marvel Stadium or the MCG and you recognise our voices, come and say hello. But, um, Matty, I guess we'll catch up Saturday night. Sounds good. I look forward to seeing you then. Mm, and until then, go Dons. Go Dons.